0: Hi folks! Welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GM-less tabletop games where you can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter at FTLcast and at FTLcast.com, and we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash FTLcast where you can find things such as outtakes and bloopers and bonus episodes. Uh, today we're playing So You Might Someday Know the Truth by Ben Roswell. For those of you who are new to this game, here are the basics. Something is wrong. Perhaps something has always been wrong. Perhaps you are part of that wrongness. Perhaps it has been seeping into the world for a very long time, and you are only just now noticing. The world has tipped on its axis, and suddenly you see things from new angles, angles that show all the dirt that people had swept just out of sight. There is a mystery in this new, tilted world, and you intend to untangle it yourself from its traps. So that you may someday know the truth as a hack of Riley Hopkins, if not us, then who, in which you and one or two other players unfold the mystery of a tv thriller these shows obsessive and labyrinthine let us live if only temporarily in a world where the pervasive sense that something is off has proved true and where every offhand object has secret meaning i'm august and you can find me at harpy Dora on twitter and my pronouns are they them playing with me today we have sam
1: hello i'm sam uh it's been too long since I've been on the podcast, I guess, because my mind just blanked about my intro. Yeah. Uh, my, I use he, him pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter at SAKalo.
0: Whew. What
1: about your portfolio site? Oh, and you can find my portfolio site
0: at www.samkalo.art. All right. Our lines, things we absolutely do not want to see, are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, anti Semitism, violence against animals, sexual assault domestic violence or intimate partner violence, unwanted pregnancy, and plagues and pandemics. Our veils, which are things we're fine with addressing but will just fade to black on, are steamy situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm, and terminal illness. Content warnings for this episode may include uh, potential mentions of medical harm done to children and medical trauma. Now that we've got all that, let's get started.
1: As we open up on the first scene of our first episode of this show, the sight that we see is a silhouette moving in the dark against a window. He's sneaking through what seems to be a very elaborate, very out-of-place-looking Greco-Roman marble building in the middle of this fairly forested environment. And as he passes, passes these windows, you just see the reflection... You see, you see the silhouette of his hair as he is ducking around and sneaking. And as he kneels down in silhouette in front of a chest, he lights a small flame atop one finger to see by. And you see Sabriel's face illuminated. And he reaches down and he pulls out a bundle of scrolls from this chest. He flips through them. He opens a couple of them. He makes some very (sighs) upset, concerned faces. He just shakes his head, shakes the flame out of his hand, tucks the scrolls under his arm, and climbs directly out of the window. The audience does not get to see what is written on the scrolls, but you could see from his expression that whatever it was, it was not good. That's our cold open smash cut to the opening title sequence. hell yeah. Ooh, mystery, mysterious, fun times. I wanted to say something about like the light filters through his like very bushy curly ponytail. Mm. And I I couldn't manage to fit that in anywhere, but part of his silhouette is that is very sort of recognizable about Sabriel. This is big hair.
0: All right. So, the next uh part of the episode is the goal setting. And I have rolled on this table and gotten a two. Uh, There are many Mm -hmm. loose threads, and your characters each choose one. So I think Mm -hmm. this scene is probably later. And I'm thinking it might not be like it might be the next day where, uh, and stop me if uh, you don't Mm -hmm. like this idea, Sam, but it might be the next day where, like, my character, Galador finds sabriel like poring over the scrolls mhm and galador is kind of an average height type person you know kind of broad very reminiscent of uh oded fair in the og mummy movie but uh with an eye patch and blade comes over and sort of Makes a, not a disgusted noise, but just a kind of, you know, grunt of displeasure and just like, you need rest.
1: What I need is to focus on figuring out what this means so that I can put it to good use. They like, like, focus a little harder, like, pull the scroll up in front of
0: their face.
2: (laughs) Don't tell me what to do, bitch
0: and galador kind of like looks over over sabriel's shoulder and says that looks like a calvanchi cipher
1: sabriel finally sort of turns their head to blade and goes and i suppose you already know how to dis- how to decipher
2: the cipher
0: no that was never my strong suit but i believe i know someone who can decipher Calvanchi.
3: <sighs> Fine.
1: They put the put the the page that they've been pouring over down, you know, pouring over unsuccessfully, trying to glean anything from the diagrams that have been, you know, carefully sketched out that are at least somewhat decipherable, but has been getting very, very, almost nowhere. Pushes it back and goes. So, you know, brushes their hands off and goes, so who is this uh, Who's this person you know? How quickly can we get this from them?
0: And uh, Galador says, you know, says, it's an old acquaintance from before I met you. I'm not sure that it would be prudent to expose you to them as I'm not 100% certain where their loyalties would lie, but I believe I can call in a favor.
1: Well, my next question was going to be, are they trustworthy? So I suppose that answers that question. Sabriel, you know, pushes their hair back with both hands in a very stressed out looking way and then sits very heavily back down exactly where they were before and sort of leans back in the chair, very like limp necked to stare back at Galador and says, Tell me about them.
0: Blade kind of, like, crosses Blade's arms over Blade's chest and says, as I said, it was before your time, but they specialize in knowing things (laughs) and tend to know things for the correct price, and they owe me a favor.
1: Well, that's good, because I... Uh, I can't imagine that we'd have whatever price they need given the state of our sort of gestures around himself (laughs) at the tiny cramped, you know, back alley apartment that they've been hut. Like, I say apartment. It's, it's a very, I'm not sure we've described our setting on the air, as it were, but the two of, the two of these folks are, are in sort of a, A very crowded feeling wooden structure that is full to the brim of magical artifacts and generally, I would say, mildly useless things for their actual goals. But it's clearly like an underused storage area of somebody else from a long time ago that's been forgotten and fallen into disrepair.
0: Galador kind of smirks a little and says... Not all costs are coming money, but, as I said, they owe me a favor, and as long as I don't mention your name, I trust them not to sell me out. Well,
1: I suppose that's... (sighs) We'll take what we can get. I'll take what I can get.
0: Galador takes the, the scroll and, you know, carefully rolls it up and then tucks it into a pocket
1: There's a little bit of resistance still from Sabriel, like, not quite wanting to let go of the work that they've been doing thus far. Like, Blade has to kind of tug a little bit to get it out of their hand.
0: Don't worry, I will return this to you. You'd better. (sighs)
1: Sabriel immediately picks up the next scroll. (laughs) Hmm.
0: Is that the thread that Sabriel is uh, working on, is the next scroll? yeah the next scroll looks like
1: records of some kind and they don't appear to be encrypted the way that the previous one was because the the previous one i mean we can probably assume was more of a write-up on like the state of things and Mm -hmm. the one that sabriel is holding seems to have been an in the moment record keeping process
0: Mm -hmm.
1: is that the end of our scene there
0: i think so um, nice. Next scene is uh, step one. Um, for this one we roll 2d6 for the next scene. So if you want to do that since I rolled goal setting.
3: Got
2: a
0: six and a five.
1: And I don't know what that means.
0: So if the first one's a five or a six you have to and then the 5 is travel to an out of the way location.
1: Okay, so I have to travel to an out of the way location. That's some really good a really good chance to uh set up more of our outdoor scenery which we had discussed and get some wide sweeping shots of my boy traveling.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Which is very exciting. All right let's go um does Galador come with Sabriel um are they are they a little fellowship hiking through the wilderness with the wide sweeping shots or is this a singular figure with his big definitely not magic walking stick hiking up a mountain on his own
0: (laughs) I think this is a singular figure because I've got my own thing that I I'm supposed to be doing so
1: oh that's true yeah We split up, but we join up again. Perfect. All right, so here's our scene with Sabriel. The camera starts very wide on some beautiful mountains and glaciers. And in the very middle of the frame, the only spot of bright color is the bright green coat, somewhat faded, of Sabriel. The camera comes in On them traversing a difficult landscape, skirting the edge of these wide boiling pools of water that sparkle in the daylight as the light hits the crystals that have grown on the sides of them. It pans up to reveal that there is what looks like a temple on top of the mountain that he is climbing. And you can see that he is looking towards this temple as his goal. He's a long way away from it, even still. It's not on the mountain that he's currently standing on. It's two peaks over from where he is. So he is going to have to go down into valleys and up and down and up in order to get there. But he's determined, so... Briefly, you see a shot of him resting, staring up at this thing, shakes his head, smooths his hair back, his nervous sort of habit, and he stands up, leaning heavily on his staff that, at least as of right now, is more for walking than it is for magic. With a heavy sigh, he gets back to it, he starts walking again, and eventually he comes upon this temple. Around the entrance of the temple, there are yet more rainbow, sparkling, colorful pools of this absolutely, like, boiling water. It would be dangerous to go too close to these pools. But they frame the doorway of this temple. And over Sabriel's shoulder, you see him clutch at the strap of the bag that he is carrying, from which scrolls spill At least the top halves of them. They're not falling out, but there's enough of them that you can see them very clearly in this bag. And as Sabriel takes a few more steps towards this temple, one that looks like it almost grew from the rock, a figure steps out from the door. And
2: that's the end of the scene. It's mysterious and spooky.
0: Does that con- uh, count as foreshadowing a future reveal? Probably. So take a suspense. Ooh-hoo. Where are we keeping track of that? Uh, in the document next to our character names.
2: I'm just going to put a little
0: X. Ooh. Yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, for the listeners at home, uh, there are certain things that we can do a certain number of times per episode that allow us to accrue suspense, which is a currency that we can spend for doing other things later it's a
1: fun secret tool that will help us later it truly is
0: <laughs> um i am going to roll for the next scene i got a four and a four which is i seek proof of my hunch Ooh. sexy yeah uh, so this is that night, I think and this is well after Sabriel has gone to accomplish his task Galador has stayed behind and is currently in a tavern of sorts it's a local watering hole if nothing else and uh, it's got a mix of people in it. It's one of those places where it seems almost like neutral ground. You have people uh, who are dressed in kind of like almost Roman-style uniforms, and you have the locals who are dressed more plainly. Galador's there wearing a dark tunic and sitting alone at a table is another person who has like slicked back silver hair a really broad face that has a scar almost bisecting it in half uh, going from just above the left eye down to the the corner right corner of their jaw Ooh. and when they see Galador They smile a little and get up and and gesture for Galador to sit in the chair next to them. Would you like to play this mysterious individual? Why, yes, I think I would.
1: All right. Tell me, who is this mysterious individual? And also, like, what was your sort of intended uh, sort of personality for this guy?
0: Um... I don't have any strong feelings about their personality. Okay. Um, I think their name is, uh... hang on, let me look up a good Roman name.
1: I, I, I have like a bajillion just like in my head, like uh, Aurelius Secundus or something. Like, Sure.
0: Yeah, Aurelius sure. Secundus.
1: Hell yeah. There we go picked a couple of random roman names because i took latin classes it's the only use i've ever gotten out of my latin education
0: uh and aurelius is the person who can uh decipher the calvanchi cipher
3: Mm -hmm.
1: so he's you know he leans forward or i guess leans more towards galador and says so what is it that i can do for you today
0: Galador already had ordered a drink or a round for the table. So the I don't know if they have beer steins. Uh they 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 basically do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, a couple of steins of beer arrive at the table and uh Galador like kind of slides the scroll towards Aurelius and says, "This is not social. This is business." wow I must call in our favor.
1: Far be it from me to, uh, prevent you from doing so, my dear old friend.
0: Yes, yes. The the fewer people that you owe, the better for you, I understand.
1: Mm. I appreciate the understanding. Now, show me what you would have me do. Can you read this? Takes a look at it for a second. Goes believe I could. He starts like sitting there just like scanning the page. And goes and he sort of raises an eyebrow. Where did you find this? If I may be per- permitted to ask. You may not be. Hmm.
0: Where I found it is of no importance. Hmm.
1: I
3: see.
0: And I'm going to complicate my character's relationship with this person
3: mm. because
0: out of the corner of my eye I'm going to see a person dressed in, in like the pseudo-Roman uniform sort of like slowly inching toward our table. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to file that away and not say anything but now I am suspicious of Aurelius being a mole. Yeah, I mean...
1: I'm gonna say I don't even know if he if he is intentionally I think that as soon as you were like no, you can't ask who I am or like you can't ask what this is for or where I got it just do it Aurelius just sort of went fine and started getting to work on like copying it down in you know plain you know, common or whatever the fuck our, our language is mm-hmm. you know he just sat down and was like fine and just started you know fucking decoding this with in only his head, onto a piece of paper at the table as they sit there. Mm-hmm. And within a few minutes, he sits back, looks down at the page and says, "And folds the parchment triply, folds it again triply, so it is a very small piece, and slides it o- over the table under his hand, and says, "Dangerous information you've got here." And then he stands up walks out the door at the door he turns back and says our business is concluded our debt is ended
0: galador just nods and uh keeps an eye on the officer looking person as uh blade sips blades beer and i think that's the end of the scene
1: hell yeah We are killing this, by the way. Like, we are fucking, we are doing so well.
0: Hell yeah. I'm loving
1: this game. I'm really, I'm having a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, this is a good game.
1: I'm also just, like, really getting into it. Like, the dramatic tension.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, roll 2d6 for the next step.
2: All right. I have a 2 and a 3.
0: You find an odd clue.
1: Oh-hoo. Well, now I have to figure out who the fuck that was in the door. <laughs> I didn't have a plan. I was just like, this sounds like a cool piece of foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I have a plan now. Okay, it took me a second, but I got it. The the best way to go with this kind of game is just make shit, shit up and roll with it. Um, I find an odd clue. As we cut back to Sabriel, we find that almost no time has passed between the last shot we saw of him and... Now the only difference is that now the person in the doorway is more clear, and she is a very, very old woman.
0: I'm glad we were on the same page. <laughs> this is very like Oracle of Delphi. Here
3: mm.
1: was sort of the intention I'm going for. This is a very old woman, and she stands at the top of the stairs. Would you like to play her? Yeah, excellent. She stands at the top of the stairs, and she looks down at at uh, Sabriel what does she say
0: well i think she angles her head down towards sabriel but i don't think that she looks at sabriel per se because Mm. i think that she's you know she's probably got you know maybe cataracts in one eye Mm. and you know is she's definitely a little worse for wear i think i see and she speaks in a kind of like Her voice sounds a little young, even though she's, she's clearly a very old woman. And she says, I know why you've come.
1: Sabriel is
2: sort of blinks at her, grips the, the strap of
1: his bag a little tighter and says, you do? She says nothing. I'm guessing she's just like, hmm.
0: Yeah, she's, she's kind of standing there and. You know, Sabriel gets the sense that she's waiting for uh, him to say something, like, substantive.
1: (sighs) Of course. Of course it's never easy with you. Starts Hmm. digging through the bag for a specific scroll. And what he pulls out is one that is mostly diagrams of what seems to be a drawing of the outline of a person. And there are notes written pointing to specific points in the body. And he says, You know, then, what this does to a person. And he sort of gestures with his hand to the pool of water next to the entrance of her home.
0: She just kind of throws her head back and and laughs. And the laughter is not a happy sound and she says i know but you are asking the wrong questions
1: he grips the scroll a little tighter, tighter and it sort of crinkles in his hand he says what should i be asking
0: you should not be asking what this does you should be asking why would anyone want that to happen
2: i already know what it does I
1: wanted to know if I was right. There's writing at the top of the page. There's so much writing on this page, on this diagram of the human body. And what is written on this page is a record of an experiment.
0: And the old woman says, You know what, and you know who. You need to know why.
1: And you know
2: why he looks a little desperate for the answer he's like you know why would you be willing to tell me
1: what price would you extract from me for that knowledge
0: the world will exact its own price and she beckons him closer
1: his face falls but he goes
0: she leans down and whispers something in His ear.
2: Ooh. Mysterious.
0: And that brings us to the tilt, huh? Sure does. All right.
2: Let me roll
0: for the tilt. Got a five. A suspicion is proved right.
1: Hmm. This is, interestingly enough, may end up being that both of our characters have found out fairly similar information from two very different sources. Which I like.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking this is this is us coming back together in the the disused room that we initially found uh Sabriel and Galador in and uh Sabriel's desk now has the piece of paper that Galador received smoothed out on it and uh Galador's waiting when Sabriel returns.
1: There's a dusting of d- of snow and grime it's covering Sabriel's body when he walks in the door. He appears defeated, but not truly defeated. Just tired. So, so tired. And The very first thing that they do when they walk in the door is throw themselves bodily in a sort of ungainly pile of limbs onto... Wherever they've been sleeping in this room, which is probably, you know, a couple of sacks of straw with some furs strewn over them. Throw an arm over their face and they say, well, perhaps, perhaps you've got fairer tidings than I've returned with. Tell me what you've learned.
0: I've learned two things. Hmm. The first, I am being watched.
1: Mm. As a result of our recent escapades, or as a result of our less recent escapades? Unclear. Noted. Go on.
0: The second, the code was a Calvanchi Cipher. My associate was able to decode it. The results are somewhat grim. I have a name.
2: You do? Well? The name is
0: Akanta. I don't know much more beyond that. I haven't tried to track her down, but that is the at least code name that she was given.
2: Hmm. So. I suppose we'll have to find this Akanta then. I have learned...
1: <sighs> Sabriel just, like, tugs at the end of their hair and, like, sits up and starts pacing and, like, like pulls himself to their feet and starts pacing and is like, I've learned that I've been looking the wrong way for my answers, the lo- the wrong questions, the wrong problems. I didn't see it before, you know. Getting a little worked up, you know, talking with their hands. I. I. The. Shit, we didn't come up with a name for this stuff. That makes it a little harder to refer to it. Shit. Um. Hmm. I guess I just make some shit up.
3: Yeah. Uh.
2: Ether is good. Ooh. I kind of like ether.
3: Yeah.
1: Alright. So, you know, getting back into the moment, Sabriel's pacing. You know, he's talking with his hands. He's going. You know, I've been thinking of the the. I've I've been questioning the why or the. The, the what and the how and the and the. But I have. I know. I've known. I. Oh. He, tugging at his hair. He's frustrated. He's angry. He's upset. He's he's anxious. I haven't been thinking of the 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 why of the ether experiments. The the the. The reason, what would they what purpose it has and it's <sighs> sort of collapses into the chair next to where Galador is standing at the desk with, you know, their head in their hands and goes I don't know what to do now.
0: I think Galador just like puts one hand on his shoulder and says We will find answers first we follow the thread with akanta and we see where that leads
1: sabriel like nods okay sabriel kind of like leans into the touch like leans the side of his head against the inside of blade's arm or i guess the outside of blade's arm you know wherever they can reach from the 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 you know position it is on their on their shoulder Heaves a
2: big sigh and goes, okay. Right. We have a lead. We have a why. But I don't. It doesn't make sense. I have to look deeper. <sighs> I hate dealing with that old woman on that mountain. Ugh, oh, she's so frustrating. <laughs> so vague
1: and <clears throat> You know, goes back to like tugging very hard at his hair, like curling, curling the curls around his fingers and like pulling, you know, not the greatest coping mechanism that one can have, but one all the same. But he goes, you're right. We'll follow up on this lead. I'll follow up on vague portents and, you know, he's never taken off the bag that he was wearing. So of course, all of those papers got crunched under his body made a horrible rustling noise when he threw himself down please fully that in <laughs> uh and he he grips the the sort of the the strap of the bag again and is like pulling at it and goes i'll follow up on my lead too i suppose i'll let you know more when i have more to tell you right now it's not enough to bother sharing
0: we will get to the bottom of this
1: we will and i think that's
0: the scene I am going to generate a little suspense. Ooh-hoo. There's the glint of something through the window mm. that goes unseen by either of us, and I am foreshadowing a feature reveal.
1: Ooh, gain a point of suspense then. What else gets the suspense? I should probably like look that up again foreshadowing a future reveal complicated your relations your character's relationship to person or object, making a sudden connection between two unrelated things, revealing your character made a wrong assumption and giving your character a hint at the truth behind the case. Cool, got it. I just had to reread these um.
0: yeah, um so since we're doing a one shot uh mm-hmm. the cost to re- reveal the secrets is uh reduced by uh by two so small secrets cost three. And Other Secrets cost five, yeah. Got it. Hell yeah. So the after show, uh, like most TV shows these days, your show has an after show, a place and time for discussion and analysis of each episode. Every time you finish an episode, take some time to discuss the story you just told and to check in with your fellow players. If you need to step away or take a break or in the session just before or just after, the after show is a great place to do it. Um, I think we're going to be continuing... Yes, we will. On So once uh, we're ready, talk about the episode with as much depth. Oh my god, (laughs) cat! I've
1: locked the cats out of my room for today. On purpose.
0: He usually is fine when I'm recording. But uh, yeah, so we can editorialize on it, speculate about what might be brewing, toss ideas around, highlight things we did or did not like. I really liked how cinematic and like very much like a thriller
1: TV show. It felt like I feel like we're doing a good job of keeping on tone.
0: Yeah. I think we need to do a little bit better about like emphasizing our setting and I think that it would yeah. be good for us to reference back to the prison break and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I was trying to do with the um the our recent activities or our less recent activities. Type of thing. Was it like, is this about our prison break or is this about the fact that I stole a bunch of shit?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but we, I I agree we should sort of reference it more explicitly in our next episode. Yeah. So are we think, are there things that we want to do less of but don't need to change? Uh,
0: I I think we're on the right track.
1: Yeah. I think we're on the right track there. I like how I did with the, um, the, the setting. And the, the mountains and stuff. I think that was good. I want to mm-hmm. lean into that more.
0: Yeah. Um. We should probably come up with a name for our occupying force.
1: Probably. I mean, I was just going to call it, like, the Empire or some shit. Oh, like, you yeah. Know.
0: Well, then that's fine. We'll just call it the Empire.
1: I almost called it the Imperium because that's the word for Empire in Latin. But, of course, that's a little too Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, Tavinter is just ancient Rome. Or at least, kind of. It's very Roman. So I don't want to lean too hard into, like, this. I, I, I don't want to accidentally stumble across things that are a little too similar, but the Empire, I like. Yeah. Um, are there things we want to steer towards or push forward? Uh, I think we sort of talked about that already. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we really just want to, like, talk about the. So we want to talk more about our prison break, and we should probably also, I kind of want to know, like, what did this old lady say to Sabriel?
0: Yeah, um. (laughs) We're being really vague because we haven't thought of these things yet, but I think it's really fun. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it
1: out. We'll figure it out. But, like, what kind of, like, obviously it's like, so, like, why would the occupying force be, I mean, like, to create ultra powerful mages, but what do they need them for? And how is the magic of the occupying force different from our magic? That's the question I think we probably should answer before we move on to our next episode.
0: So I just had an idea for, like, mm-hmm. why would why would they want super mages beyond, like, the general...
1: Warfare benefit of having super mages? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think it may have something to do with... There's something bigger out there.
1: Ooh...
0: Like, this isn't just colonialism and imperialism. This is they're gearing up for something huge that's potentially beyond mortal ken. Ooh, I like it.
1: Yeah, that's sort of what we wanted to go for and we hadn't yet, but I like it. Let's fucking go.
0: We don't know that yet, but we'll get there. Our characters
1: don't know that yet, but now we do so we can foreshadow it. Yes. Hell Yeah. I've also been playing the Dragon Age soundtrack into my headphones very quietly throughout this whole time, and it's very much helping me with my with the mood.
0: Good, good.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next episode then.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I did the cold open for the last one, so do you want to do the cold open for this for this one? Sure. Hell
0: yeah. All right. Rolling a d6, and I got a three. Ooh. A dream or other figment presents itself. Uh huh. So I think this is this is Galador in bed. Like the camera, kind of is a wide shot of the place where Galador sleeps. I don't know. I feel like it's probably a a cot that gets put away in the same room where Sabriel is. What is what is Galador wearing to bed? Very important. <laughs> Um, I don't know. <laughs> I I I don't see Galador as being the kind of person who who sleeps in the buff. I feel like that they're the kind of person who wants to have some sort of like clothing item on while they sl- uh, while Blade sleeps. What about like just pants? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Galador Galador sleeps in in you know some pants, which makes it really easy to see like the toll that violence has taken on Blade's body with all manners of scars and blade is sleeping fitfully Mm. and the camera kind of zooms in on galador's face and then cuts to a vision and everything is black and white Mm. it's mostly blurry dark forms and light around them making everything kind of like haloed almost and There's murmuring and the audience can't quite make out what the murmuring is, but there's very clearly some sort of, it's, it's definitely speech. We just can't quite make it out until we can make out the word Akanta. And that word just starts coming up more and more in conversation until like everybody in the dream, it's just a cacophony of people saying the word Akanta over and over again. And then we cut back to Galador's face. Uh, Blade's eye opens, uh, because Blade still has an eye patch. And uh, Blade sits straight up uh, and glances over to where uh, Sabriel is sleeping to make sure that they're still there before getting out of bed and uh, leaving the room.
2: Damn. I think, I think Sabriel sleeps through this, but the
1: door opening does immediately wake them up. Like the moment that the door closes, Sabriel sits up from a like a dead sleep, mm-hmm. and is like, "What's the danger? What's going on?" What? Huh, huh, huh? And then realizes that Galador is gone, and like, you know what? Unfortunately, Sabriel is the kind of person who absolutely sleeps in the nude. <laughs> Sabriel is the kind of like, like shit mess of a person that just like doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So we'll absolutely just throw on like a very loose robe, tie the waist like very loosely and peek out of the door to see if is. I'm, I'm kind of guessing that Galador is just like sitting on the porch or so, or like sitting on the steps or something. Yep. But is, is looking around and just silently puts a hand on Galador's shoulder. And that's our cold open. Sounds
2: good. Okay, the set out. It's my turn to roll for that.
1: All right. Uh, so that's goal setting or? Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's just 1d6.
2: Three. Something other than the case takes precedence,
1: and your characters must work through it. That's fun. Ooh, I wonder what could take precedence. Something other than the. I mean, hey, we wanted to lean more into our prison break. Yeah, here we go. I, I'm, I'm resisting the urge to make this to like make our show a little too like Game of Thronesy in the way that it's got its shots linger on our characters.
0: <laughs> eh, I mean. Game of Thrones did some stuff fun. So. That's true. I'm 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 like I I I. Part of me wants to have the like
1: almost objectifyingly lingering shots on our characters' bodies, mm-hmm. especially in the scenes where they're like not wearing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I'm like, does that play against the tone, the, the somewhat serious tone that we're trying to set with like, like, like is that antithetical to like we're telling a story about childhood medical endangerment? So like. Maybe not the right time for it. I don't know. Does it cheapen the story that we're telling if it also is like our characters are really sexy and they're in love? If it's more about sexually ide- like like objectifying than it is about like their care for each other, you know?
0: Yeah, I feel like having lingering shots on the characters just as a means of like slowing down the pace in the TV show makes mm. sense. Yeah. And it just happens that our characters are kind of hot. But, you know what?
1: That's so fair. That's so valid. But, like,
0: as yeah. long as we, as players, are not necessarily emphasizing, "Oh yeah, this shot is lascivious." I think it's it doesn't cheapen anything at all. Awesome, perfect.
1: I'm glad that we've discussed this briefly because I I think it was a good thing to talk about. So let's talk yeah. about our prison break. Something other than the case. Our prison break yeah. takes precedence here.
0: Yeah. So
1: yeah. Um. So. We gotta work through this together. Seems like we're probably gonna do a lot of scenes just with, with our characters in the same place this episode.
0: Yeah. Which is good.
1: Which is nice. Means we get to like work on their relationship a little more too. Which is fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think when something that we've foreshadowed pays off, is that also that's not tension because that's releasing this suspense, I think. Right? Yeah. Though I guess the the future reveal does refer to the secrets
0: yeah i i don't think we get anything for the reveal happening okay but like like if something in the future pays like if something in the future pays off i don't think we
3: got anything for that
0: we only yeah we only get suspense for those actions and then we only spend it on revealing those specific secrets got it
1: okay i'm glad that we also talked about the mechanics of this game because this game is a lot of fun but it's a very different um format that i'm used to kind of when it comes to this particular token system so revealing okay so i think we could get a a suspense thing by the assumption that we were making about this glint of light from our last episode you know what let's play it let's play it out and see what happens so something other than the case takes precedence um I have an idea. Oh, hell yeah, go for it.
0: I think we come back from the the title of the episode. Mm-hmm. And uh Galador and Sabriel are both still outside, but we catch a glint of steel. Ooh. And Galador like reaches up and catches a knife out of the air. Uh Sabriel
1: from where he had been drooling on Galador's shoulder immediately reaches behind themselves and grabs their staff, which they did bring outside, and slams it into the dirt. And from that, we see... What kind of plant life do we think we have here? Probably a lot of vines and lichens, to be honest. If we're in a more, like, mountainous area. It's like there's there's a forest and a valley, but then, like, if we're up higher than that, then... You probably get a little bit more of the like rocky cliffs with the like, sort of gnarled. Anyways, some plants that are growing sort of w- that wherever this person is hiding, you hear from this from from the direction that we saw this flash of steel, you hear crunching and a, a yelping sound. And I may have accidentally uh, in my fear just killed our source of information. <laughs> Whoops. Shit. So, you've got a knife now, and I've got a pile of mush a- in some plants that used to be a person. Ah. Uh. Sabriel picks up, leans very heavily on their staff, takes their hand again, rubs their fingers together until they've got another quiet flame floating above their hand, and goes to- investigates the belongings of. Whoever that was, it says, "Ah, uh, Galador." Um,
2: <sighs> throws a throws a sort of sarcastic
1: smile and goes, "Are you awake yet?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> Galador snorts and uh, throws the knife point down into the 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 ground so it sticks up and uh, walks over to uh, Sabriel and just. Kind of like pats them down a little and is just like, Are you injured?
1: uh no, no, I'm fine. Uh, how about you
0: I'm uh, give me your
1: hands, you know takes takes your hands because you caught a knife, you could have caught it by the blade. I don't know is, is like checking your hands over over for for injuries
0: and blade's hands are like calloused, and there are definitely scars on them as the the camera like looks at both of their hands together uh but there's no injuries obvious or anything like that but Galador doesn't like wave sabriel off or anything
3: hmm.
2: okay uh <laughs> uh
1: sabriel sort of long like think like the hands of somebody who plays the piano i was going to say pianist's hands but that kind of sounds like penis so he's got these very long, sort of delicate fingers, and he sort of smooths his hands over, folds Galador's hands together, gives them a quick pat, and then snaps to reignite reign- that flame that they had, that they were using to see, and turns and says, "Good. I'm glad. I'm glad to know that you're safe." Definitely isn't blushing. Totally not blushing. Turns back to the extremely no longer alive person. <laughs> I don't know how to describe this without getting a little too deep in the weeds but just let's just say that it's no longer recognizable as human.
0: I think Galador like kneels down next to the remains and like is giving the remains of the clothing a once over. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I figured. That's probably the
1: only thing that's going to have any information left in it. <laughs> yeah. And I would say that Sabriel leans down and has and and offers the light to sort of help Blade see and I think that there's probably just completely unobscured, un- like completely like not obfuscated whatsoever orders to find us and return us to prison.
0: Yeah. There's little wanted posters, our wanted posters, that list various crimes up to and including and ins- escaping from the kiln. Mm. And, uh, Galador kind of huffs out a breath and mutters, of course, it would have to catch up with us now.
1: <sighs> Mighty inconvenient. He's sort of looking over this this image and going, like couldn't even get my face right come on i'm prettier than this and they couldn't even you know i'm worth more than that come on you know trying to make light of it
0: galador sort of just like pats sabriel's shoulder uh, but doesn't say one way or the other whether or not blade agrees
2: (laughs) incredible um
1: I don't need I don't need your 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 recognition to know that I'm pretty shut up that wasn't in character that was goofy um,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so Sabriel like rolls up the wanted poster and uh and puts it in puts it in their pocket and says well this could be an issue and I think I like that as end scene okay like
0: sounds good
1: we figured it out this might be a problem it's your turn yep i don't know how we possibly like clear ourselves of uh prison breaking but i don't think that's probably what the solution to this is going to be
0: no i don't think we're going to find a direct solution to that i think we're just going to have to deal with it (laughs) deal with it deal with the consequences of it yeah all right so for step one I rolled a six and a four, which means we have to wrestle with a terrible truth.
1: Ooh. I mean, fuck, dude. There's so many of those in this game. That's not hard. (laughs)
3: Mm
1: -hmm. All right. Let's wrestle with a terrible truth. We don't even have to figure out what the terrible truth is. We know that there's something that both of us have learned that we don't like. Do you want to come up with what the terrible truth is? I guess we could both come up with it together terrible truth we can't release our secrets yet because we don't have enough tension
0: i think the terrible truth is that our our current sanctuary is compromised ah oh, fuck you're right
1: it is a pretty terrible truth we haven't even managed to hook back up with like the whole of the resistance that we've been that we've been part of thus far it kind of seems like because like if we had managed to do that then we would be around a lot more people. Yeah. But since it's just us, like we're not even like we sort of after our prison escape seem to have broken off on our own to try to solve some big mystery to bring back to our group. Yeah. It's kind of what it seems like our, this our plot is. And so like we have to find another safe house where nobody knows where we are, even our group again.
0: Yeah. So I think, I think this
1: is a case of I think that the pacing of this episode is very different from our last one and this this next scene show, is is directly on the heels of the last one which is mm-hmm. us going back into our home and whew, figuring out what to do next wrestling with this terrible truth
0: I think uh Galador's like immediately going and starting packing up essentials
1: yeah uh, I think that Sabriel is pacing and stressing and not doing anything. Um, so Sabriel is just walking back and forth and going, "I don't understand how they found us here. Did they? You said you were followed, but I didn't realize you meant like back here. I'm. I. What are we gonna do? How are How are they gonna find us again? If they. If when they meet, I. You know, he's walking around in circles. He's pacing.
0: He's. I never would have. Returned if I felt I was being followed I just knew that I was being watched and based on the equipment and the clothing that was left behind I don't believe that this was the same person who saw me earlier Shit. but our position is compromised
1: I've known really I hadn't noticed <sighs> he's like clutching his staff to his chest and going do you, do we even have another safe house in this town? Do we know? Are we going to have to? What, the information we need is here. Where are we going to? Do you? He's, he's, he's so scattered. He doesn't know what to do. He's, his his hands begin to glow with power that he is not releasing, but he's also not controlling it. He is simply beginning to lose control in his anxiety.
0: Is this something that Galador has seen them do before?
1: I think probably. Maybe not so extreme in this situation, but I think in, especially in like heated battle moments, when Sabriel loses control, their hands glow in a similar way. I'm not sure that Galador has seen Sabriel break down quite like this before. I think Sabriel tries to sort of have a very confident front, but... That front is breaking down as the support structure that they had from their revolution has been reduced to only Galador. Mm-hmm. And Galador is, is many things, but they, but Blade can't be everything. Yeah. So I'm not sure that Blade has ever seen them quite like this, but Blade has definitely seen them at least in lesser, like like lesser severity of a similar kind of breakdown.
0: Mhm. And I think Galador stops what Blade's doing and you know probably it's just like putting items that they need in in like a bag and things like that, you know, arranging the scrolls that Sabriel stole uh to make room for more uh other things in that bag and Blade stands up and goes to Sabriel and puts Blade's hands on his shoulders and, like, tries to make eye contact with him and is just like, Sabriel, you need to breathe. Don't tell me what to do! You can't- you can't solve this by just- I I can't solve this just by breathing?
1: Are you- like, 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 I don't think you- you are properly- noticing the severity of this situation my friend if 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 if, if we get caught there's nothing we can do i you know
0: i'm well aware of the severity of the situation i am aware that if we get sent back to the kiln the chances of us escaping again are nil if they even bother to send us to the kiln at all but we won't be able to do anything if you're having a panic attack
1: Takes a deep breath. Hands are shaking quite severely. Probably. (sighs) See, I'm i trying to decide. You know what? No, this is perfectly in character. Sabriel's going to basically just fall forward into Galador's arms at this point. Like, face planting against Galador's chest. Like, hunching into themself because... I think they are taller than Galador
3: because
1: mm. I think Sabriel is like this very tall, lanky figure, like kind of stretched out looking.
0: Yeah, and Galador is pretty average height, just kind of broad.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, Uh Sabriel's a skinny twig, but like a little stretched out twig, like six foot five, but weighs a hundred pounds soaking wet type of type of vibe um <laughs> and yeah uh sabriel's just gonna kind of crumple and go i know i know but i don't understand how you can be so calm right now is like Briggs brings his hands up and is like clutching the shirt that has has galador put a shirt on since this or is, is galador still shirtless
0: um, I think Galador's probably quickly gotten dressed since, okay, okay, like before before Blade started packing up. Blade got
1: dressed. Got it. I don't think that Sabriel did. I think Sabriel came inside and immediately started having a panic attack. <laughs> uh, you know what? They're valid. They're so valid. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Sabriel is like like clutching hard at the fabric of Galador's shirt. And, like, hiding their face against Galador's shoulder. And is just like, I don't know how you can be so calm about this.
0: And Galador says, it just requires focus. Focus on the next step, and then the step after that.
1: What is our step right now?
0: Getting prepared to leave this place, and then the step after that is finding some place that we can spend the night. Okay. The step after that, I'm still working on but I have an inkling of where we can go from there. But first, we need to leave here and make sure we aren't being followed when we find somewhere else to stay.
3: Okay. I can do that. Okay. (sighs)
2: Shakes his head, clears
1: thoughts, takes a step back, sort of consciously releases his fingers from Galador's shirt. Takes a few steps back, drags a hand over his face and goes, all right, let's do this then. And then I guess starts getting dressed because, like, they're still wandering around in, like, just a very thin robe.
0: Galador's not going to roll Blade's eye, but. Yeah, I feel like that's probably seen. Yeah, that was a good scene.
1: Yeah. We're getting some, like, real good emotions from these bitches. Alright. There we go. Alright, step two. This is my turn to roll for, I
2: think. Yep. Okay. Ooh, snake eyes.
0: I find a potential
2: crime scene.
1: Great. Cool. That's fun. That's fun. I am enjoying how much of, like, a kind of a glass cannon Sabriel is
3: hmm
1: especially emotionally
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: this bitch has drama yeah all right we find a potential crime scene and it's not the one we just created no <laughs> it's a new one <sighs> okay i mean fuck part of me wants to make our potential crime scene like a family who've heard of what we're doing Whose child has recently gone missing. I like that idea. And that's foreshadowing too. So I'm going to take a fucking. Take a suspense. Suspense. Yeah. So I think that our next scene finds us, you know, leaving with what we can carry only on our backs. Because, I mean, that's sort of how we've been living anyways. Mm hmm sabriel's carrying like two bags and they're both just full of paper because this bitch would be blown over by a stiff wind and i'm guessing galador is carrying literally everything else sound reasonable
0: (laughs) yeah 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 sounds about
1: right sounds about right so our scene finds us at night walking through the streets head down both of us wearing hoods trying to be inconspicuous but in the process, making ourselves extremely obviously like something's up with these bitches. And as we pass through this relatively, I would say, like, this is probably one of the most densely populated areas in this town. It's probably sort of somewhat of like the slums, if such a place could be said to exist in this, in this town mm-hmm. or this relatively large town. Oh, I'm sorry. I just hit my mic with my hands. Um, and from an alleyway there comes a very quiet high voice that says
3: um
2: are are you two with the revolution we've heard that you we've heard what you've been doing how come with me
1: and the little girl holds her hand out she's not wearing shoes she's wearing a torn and dirty dress But she holds her hand out and Sabriel immediately, immediately
2: puts aside any anxiety he has. And he says, of course, how can we help you? And she takes his hand and
1: leads him into the dark. And he follows without question.
0: (sighs) Of course he does. (laughs) There's a child in need. What do you expect is going to happen? I know, I know. Uh, oh my God, Galador! is going to follow, but <laughs> at a little bit of a at a little bit of a remove, like not. There's only a couple of steps between uh, Galador and Sabriel, but it's not like it's not like Galador is like right at Sabriel's back. I think that there's something in Galador that's like some sort of. Intuition that Blade's going to need to to watch the rear. Ah, interesting. I'm doing a little foreshadowing, so I'm going to take a suspense. Ooh-hoo.
1: Yeah, Sabriel is fully focused on this small child whose hand he has taken and who he is following into the darkness of the slums of this town. But I think that what they end up finding at the end of this journey of this child leading them into the darkness, is a very small ramshackle house with two very tired-looking parents Mm -hmm. and a grandparent and just way too many people stuffed into such a small space. And everybody just seems sad but welcoming. And the mother looks over when the door opens and, and walks up and takes Sabriel's hand and said, I knew the compass would come here. I knew that,
2: I, I knew that we would find that I didn't want to believe. I didn't, I didn't believe that you could, but I wanted so bad, so desperately for you to help us. And here you are. Truly, the gods work in mysterious, in mysterious and wonderful ways.
1: And Sabriel is just, you know, nodding his head and saying of course what can i do for you and the sort the sa the scene fades out with this discussion of of sabriel sitting down at this far too crowded kitchen table in this single room hut with this large family and learning about this child that has gone missing that was stolen mm-hmm.
2: hell yeah step three
1: Your turn to roll.
0: Four and six. So that means I seek a connection between events. Ooh. So that means that there's got to be something going on between the bounty hunter and what happened with the kid, right? Probably. Or a connection between... There are a couple
1: of things that we could connect. We could also connect to stuff that happened in the first episode, too. Yeah, that's true. So we've got we've got a couple of stuff that like that like we could connect here. And I think because it's your turn, I think that you do get to decide that. So if you want it to be the two events that have happened thus far in this episode or something that happened previously, I think that's your call.
0: Um I want to make a sudden connection between two seemingly unrelated things because that'll generate a suspense. That's fun. I like that. Which is the main reason why I'm thinking the kidnapping plus the uh, bounty hunter. I like it. I wanted to say what
1: if the bounty hunter has also been kidnapping or or like if if the bounty hunter or whatever organization the bounty hunter worked for if there was one. My brain went to the crows of sorry. This is just a very Dragon Age style Mm game. Um, You know. Some sort of, like, organization of, like, bounty hunters and assassins that have been given a contract because we are high profile. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm the compass. And I, yeah, you know, Sabriel is a big deal when it comes to the rebellion against the Empire. And so it's a little surprising that my bounty isn't higher, right? But it has been given to an organization for people within that organization to fight amongst themselves for that bounty. Mm -hmm. and so perhaps galador might realize that oh this could be a trap yeah (laughs) yeah i didn't i didn't catch that until like oh this might be a trap (laughs) for us specifically
0: yeah this isn't (laughs) i don't think that this is the family Mm -hmm. i think that the child was kidnapped as bait Yes, but the family's not in on it. I don't yes. think the family's in on it.
1: Yeah, no, I don't e- I don't believe that either. So, um... Oh my god, Sabriel's gonna fucking hate this.
0: Yes. So, I think this is maybe Galador going... Galador's the one who figures this out. Mm. But I'm not sure 100% how that gets shown on camera. Maybe it's Galador going to get supplies um, Mm. because Blade is slightly lower profile than Sabriel. (laughs) True. When Blade sees the, the child that got kidnapped, or, well, Blade doesn't know that it's the child that got kidnapped, but it's a child in distress, and Blade recognizes that the person who is with the child is with this organization of bounty hunters maybe through like a sigil on their arm or like like some mm. some
1: specific some specific called, symbol Ooh, give
2: me they're the called name. the pack the pack yeah interesting i like it maybe a wolf as their yep. symbol
0: yeah like a wolf or a coyote or something oh i like a
1: coyote actually little, like, scrawnier, a little, like, punchier.
0: Yeah. And, uh, Galador sees this and makes eye contact with the member of the pack and realizes exactly what's going on and, like, shakes off the pack member on Blade's way back to the the hovel with everyone in it, but that doesn't matter because they know where we are and so by the time that blade gets back there there's probably already several other bounty hunters there oh this gives me an opportunity to have um
1: sabriel be terrifyingly competent yeah so by the time that galador returns sabriel is holding off like four assassins with magic, while the entire family is hiding in the home behind them, like, is absolutely fucking killing it in this very heated combat scenario. And by the time Galador gets there, Sabriel is leaning on their staff, clearly exhausted, covered in gore, and looks up at Galador and goes... I managed to keep one alive for you this time. And gives, like, a very weak smile before passing the fuck out.
0: I want that to be seen, and I want the whatever happens with the tilt to feed into what we get out of the one that was left alive. Hell yeah. They're not very alive, but they are still alive. (laughs) Alright, so... The tilt is you. Ooh, exciting.
2: I don't remember what I have to roll for this. Roll just Just 1d6. 1D6. A suspicion is proved right.
1: It was a trap. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) They were trying. They specifically kidnapped a child. I want to say that they did kidnap this child with the intention of selling this child to... I I believe that the child was it was it was a trap, but one that was born of knowing we were in town and using what they were already doing as a way to lure us in rather than deciding to do it out of nowhere just as a trap for us. Does that make sense?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So this child would have gone missing anyways, but they would have spent a lot longer or rather they would have been. Whisked away a lot more quickly mm-hmm. and wouldn't have been kept in town until it, it, like, wouldn't have given us a chance to even find them, to even try to find them, if they hadn't been using it as a trap for us. Otherwise, the kid would have been shipped off to an undefined location for the purposes of the narrative, but for something that I know because it relates to one of my secrets.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that, like, At the end of this interrogation, Galador is just like, who is Akanta? And the uh, bounty hunter slash assassin just kind of like laughs a little and spits blood in Galador's face. And that's what we end on. Hell yeah.
1: Oh, I I almost wanted to end on after getting no information, Galador stabs them. But that's cool, too. Just ending on the spitting in the face is good, too. I don't know. Would Galador do that? Would Galador be like, all right, now I'm putting you out of your misery because we can't let you talk?
0: Oh, Galador would definitely would definitely like snap that dude's neck, but I didn't want to have it on camera. Oh, I like that, actually. That's good. I like I like it better being left up to the audience's imagination exactly how Galador dispatches this person. I like it.